This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. How did you come to know Jesus? Was it at your baptism, through a friend, or in some other situation? In today's message, we'll talk about a man who was introduced to Jesus while at work and how we can easily share our faith so others can know him as well. Today we're going to hear a good fishing story that reveals a great truth. I hope you'll stay with us as we continue our sermon series, Jesus Revealed. We begin our service in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God and Father, we gather around your holy word today, asking only that you would open the eyes of our hearts so that we might see Jesus for who he really is, and then become more aware of your plan for our lives. In the name of the Savior we ask this, amen. Our reading for today is taken from Luke, the fifth chapter, beginning at verse 1. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so... I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break, so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. Dear friends, a fellow pastor that I was getting to know recently asked me in the midst of our conversation, how did you come to know Jesus? So I shared a bit of my story with him and then asked him to share his with me. How would you answer that question? How did you come to know Jesus? Many of you might say, well, it began at my baptism as a child. My parents brought me to the baptismal font, raised me in the faith, and I've always known Jesus. Or others might say it was through a Bible camp experience as a kid or a retreat as an adult like Curcio. I, I know of others who were awakened spiritually at, a, at an evangelistic crusade. My clergy friend told me that it all began for him when he received a personal witness from someone who told him of what the Savior had done for him. Someone might describe these awakening experiences as a personal epiphany. 
An epiphany is a sudden awakening. The light goes on to who Jesus is and, and who I am and my need for him. It's an aha moment of revelation about Jesus that changes the outlook and direction of one's life. Today's passage that we looked at earlier tells us of Simon Peter's epiphany and how he came to know and follow and serve Jesus Christ. We must keep in mind that this was not the first encounter with Jesus for Simon Peter. In an earlier chapter of Luke, we see that Jesus had healed Simon's mother-in-law in in the town of Capernaum. And obviously, Peter had heard Jesus bring the word of God with authority in the synagogue, teaching about the kingdom of God and the good news of God's salvation that was being fulfilled. And according to the other Gospels, Peter had already received an invitation from Jesus to follow. But it all came together for him at a particular moment on the Sea of Galilee in his fishing boat of all places. Peter saw the light. Jesus had come down to the shore on the Sea of Galilee and the crowds were gathering around him to listen to this exciting preacher and miracle worker. It says they were pressing in on him, wanting to hear the word of God. Jesus, you see, had developed quite a following early on. But it seems that there wasn't enough room for him to really operate and teach effectively to a crowd like this, so he needed some more space for himself and some amplification to be heard by this large crowd that had gathered around. He saw Simon Peter and James and John, who were fishermen, cleaning their fishing nets They'd been out all night fishing, and now they're taking the weeds out of them. They were next to their boats that were on shore. And Jesus recruited the use of Peter's boat. You could say (laughs) he commandeered it. First, he invited himself into it, stepped into it, and then asked Peter to, to take him out in it a little way so he could teach from the boat. Peter was agreeable. He motioned a couple of his hired hands to join him, and they pushed that little 16-footer out a little ways from the shore into the shallow water, which not only provided room for Jesus to sit, but also gave him natural amplification as he spoke over the water between him and his audience. Peter and his mates actually got front-row seats to hear Jesus preach. You have to wonder, did something stir in Simon Peter then as he listened? Perhaps. We do know that when Jesus was done teaching, instead of asking him to take him into shore, he told him this time, he didn't ask, he told him to go out a little deeper in the sea and let down his nets for a catch of fish. Now, I am sure that that experienced and tired fisherman who had been up all night wasn't too excited to go to all that trouble. As we hear him respond, Master, we toiled all night not catching a thing. But Peter obeyed. He said, at your word, I'll let down the nets. Perhaps this deference on the part of Peter came from having witnessed uh, Jesus' authority earlier as he healed his mother-in-law. Or maybe it was a message from the day 
or days before. Who, who knows? But they followed orders. They went further out and let down the net to see if Jesus knew something that they didn't know about. See if this amateur knew what he was talking about. Surely the fish were no longer going to be near the surface as they were at nighttime. Everybody knows it's best to fish then. They had to be too deep now in the heat of the day to actually net. Suddenly a huge school of fish swam into those nets. There so many fish that the, that the nets began to break. Peter signaled the other boat to help them. They filled up both boats to the point of almost sinking. Water was coming over the edge of the boats. Can you just picture that scene? It must have been just wild out there. Simon's now up to his knees in fish, flopping around. But instead of dancing around and celebrating the greatest catch of his life, Simon sank to his knees and cried out, Depart from me. I'm a sinful man, Lord. Now, why did Simon say that? As we turn to the Old Testament and examine stories such as Isaiah 6, where Isaiah had his vision of God in the temple, we know that Isaiah, when he was aware of God's presence and holiness, he became aware of his own sinfulness and he was afraid of being destroyed by God's holiness. We actually see the same sort of thing in the calling of Moses and Gideon and Ezekiel as well in the Old Testament. Confronted by the holiness of God, they're afraid. It looks like that for Peter. He's totally astonished at how this amateur could have known where the fish were. It was almost like he had control over those fish, over nature. And only God had that ability. And suddenly Peter was awakened to the fact that he, an unclean, imperfect, sinful, ordinary man, was standing on holy ground in the very presence of God, the Almighty. But notice, Jesus didn't go away, did he? Instead, Peter heard him say, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Now that, my friends, is forgiveness, unspoken, a wordless absolution on the part of Jesus. Instead of condemnation, Jesus gets an unexpected, undeserved invitation to have a relationship with Jesus, the Son of God, and to participate in his kingdom enterprise. Peter brings absolutely nothing to the table. But still, still, as he humbly admits his sinfulness before Jesus, Jesus says, you're in. The past is behind you. From now on, you're mine. I'm going to use you to catch people. That, my dear friend, is what we call amazing grace. When they got ashore, Peter and the others were so overcome by what they'd experienced, they dropped their nets, left their boats, their very livelihood, and followed Jesus. One commentator writes, The miracle of faith has so overwhelmed the astonishing catch of fish that the practical matters of boats and business and family and fish are left behind by Peter and his friends. And so the adventure begins 
for Simon Peter. Just think of all that lay ahead for that man. Peter witnessed great healings, a deeper knowledge of God, Christ's power displayed in miracles over nature and death and the devil himself, walking on water himself with Jesus, the cross and the resurrection, the forgiveness after failing Jesus, and the renewed call to feed Christ's people by the Sea of Galilee again. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. And, and that vision of catching people that Jesus gave him that first day in the boat, he saw it fulfilled that first Pentecost, didn't he, with a catch of 3,000 converts and thousands of others following that as we read the book of Acts. Going way beyond that in the months and the years that followed, and Peter writing those letters that have brought others closer to Jesus to follow him. Now, this story is classified by biblical scholars as a combination epiphany call story. Like the calling of Moses and Gideon, the prophets of the Old Testament. This is not meant to be read just as an amazing fishing story. There's an important truth for us to pick up on. It answers the question, who's Jesus? It identifies him as the presence of God revealed in this story. He's God in the flesh. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And attached to the epiphany is a gracious, promising calling to an ordinary, sinful fisherman. Hey, Pete, how did you get to know Jesus? And Peter would respond, it all began when we went fishing together, and we never stopped. We moved from fishing for fish to something more important, fishing for people to save them. What a great life it's been with Jesus. This story, my friend, was saved and passed on and written down by Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit for a deep purpose. It's more than a fishing story that causes us to marvel and scratch our heads. It's actually meant to move us towards Jesus. First of all, it's an announcement from heaven above. It reveals to us that Jesus is the Son of God who has power and authority over this world, calling sinful persons like you and me to place our lives in his hands and fall in behind him in faith. That he can do amazing things in your life. Many people, millions, billions since, will testify that to know Christ and trust him means life to the full. I was just listening to a story yesterday about a man whose life had fallen apart. He had gotten involved with crime and with drugs, had gotten busted, gone to prison. And during that time in prison, someone introduced him to that Jesus Christ we've been talking about. And his life 
has never been the same. As he smiles and reflects on the new direction that Jesus has given him. And this Jesus is the Holy One of God. We see in this story, given for the unholy, the perfect sacrifice for humanity's sin. You see, he went on to give his own life as a payment to cover your sin, and he rose again triumphantly over the power of sin and death and the devil to rescue you forever. He is simply the first fruits of the resurrection, and those who trust in him will follow. As Paul in 2 Corinthians says, He who knew no sin became sin at the cross so that we might become the righteousness of God. And he promises to always be present with those of us who call upon his name and go for him, fishing for others with the good news of Jesus Christ. I believe we in the Church of Jesus need to be constantly reminded of that calling upon our lives. There is a broken world that we live in that is filled with broken people that need what Christ came to give, new life, healing for the sinful soul. And the Church has the mandate to fish. It's our number one mandate. James Kennedy, a few years ago, said one of the saddest statistics of our day is that 95% of all church members have never led anyone to Christ. That was years ago. I have to believe that statistic is probably even higher today. And the sad thing is it doesn't have to be complicated and scary as some people have made it. I read this little story a while back that touched my heart. Greg tells of a stop at a McDonald's drive-thru for lunch. He said, after placing my order, I came to the drive-up window to pay. I noticed an attractive hand-carved cross hanging from the woman's neck. So I commented, I like your cross. Her reply was a lesson to me in how simple it is to share one's testimony. She said, thank you. And I like the person who died on it for my sins, and I love the person who rose from the grave after having died on the cross. She could have easily left it at thank you. But her faithful witness touched another life and drew him even closer to the Lord that day. It doesn't have to be complicated, and remember you're powered by the Holy Spirit himself. We are not meant to be aquarium keepers, but fishermen and women for Jesus Christ, committed to bringing others to him so that they might receive the very same grace that enriches our lives. One last story. The Mercedes-Benz company had a television commercial which showed a, a Mercedes-Benz automobile gliding with a cement wall. The commercial was demonstrating the energy-absorbing car body that all Mercedes-Benz automobiles have. In the commercial, a company spokesman was asked why the company didn't patent the car body design to prevent it from being copied by other automobile companies. The company spokesman said, because some things in life are too important 
not to share. Some things in life are too important not to share, like the good news of Jesus Christ. Church, it's time to fish. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for revealing the identity of Jesus to us once again through your word. Help each one of us to trust him more and follow him as the Lord of our lives. Awaken your church to the calling you've given us to catch people for Jesus so that they might receive the new life that only Christ can give. And through your spirit, help us to stay focused on your purposes for us and use us to effectively bring your honor and glory into this world. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You've been worshiping with the Internet and Radio Ministry of the Christian Crusaders. It is our prayer today's message has helped you to more easily share your faith in an uncomplicated yet effective manner with others. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Many people choose to support this ministry with a memorial gift, which is given to remember a loved one or friend. Daily prayer is also a very important way of supporting the work of this ministry. Address your gifts and prayer concerns to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. We are thankful for all those who support this ministry with their prayers and finances. We invite you to take a moment and visit us on the Internet where you'll find printed and audio copies of many of our messages, as well as prayer requests and other interesting and useful information for your faith walk. Visit us anytime at christiancrusaders.org and be sure to friend us on Facebook. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was Pastor Steve Kramer, speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 83rd year of broadcasting biblical truth.